0: Hello, and thank you for listening to Literacy Matters. I'm your host, Cheryl Lundy-Swift. Today I'm here with Keisha Smith-Carrington, co-author of Read Alouds with Heart, Literacy Lessons that Build Community, Comprehension, and Cultural Competence. Keisha is also an administrator in a New Jersey public school and is a proud mom of two adults. Welcome to the show, Keisha.
1: Thank you so much, Cheryl. It's such a pleasure to be with you this afternoon. I'm excited about this opportunity to talk.
0: Absolutely. Me too. So let's get started. You, you know, you also mentioned personal narratives and you talk about personal narratives being incredibly powerful. Why do you think that is and what do they actually do for our, our children?
1: So... Um one of the things that uh, becomes really important especially when you're talking about identity is for students to gain an appreciation of themselves and part of how we do that especially when children are young is through their ability to be able to talk about themselves but then as they grow capacity to be able to write about themselves mm-hmm. and one of the genre we used to do that in the in the early grades in particular is personal narrative so you know we most folks have some type of all about me unit where kids are you know if they're at the drawing stage they're drawing if they're writing connected text they're doing that But then in personal narrative, you're telling a story about yourself. And Mm -hmm. so really understanding the fact that one of the things that connects all of us is story. And when I say all of us, I mean globally, most cultures have a value of story, especially the closer you get to indigenous cultures, which across the world, there are indigenous cultures. There's an appreciation of story and storytelling was one of our um, first forms of literacy, if you consider Um, mankind or humankind and so having students do that same work and learning how to tell stories about themselves of course it gets more finessed as they get older they learn memoir and you're learning how to really um, tell that part that's really significant so you have that so what component of why is this specific aspect important how did it impact your life Um, And we can use picture books for that work too as students are getting older. And then of course, beyond that, then you have autobiographies and all those other, you know, great things that folks do with text. But, but, you know, personal narrative is key because one of the ways that I first begin to understand the world is through myself. And so, you know, I was talking with a parent the other day who was saying, you know, and, and it was a valid concern as kids get older, um you the concern is that sometimes the focus has been on themselves for so long mm-hmm. and how do we pull that back and have them see themselves in context and it's kind of like you know we want to make sure that they're understanding and valuing themselves because the more I, the more truthfully that I love myself if you understand what love really is the more I understand myself to know the flaw, and this is going to be beyond like the teaching and learning world normally, but this is the way, this is part of my positionality and the way I see, you know, Dr. Celia Ruiz at the foundation of her racial literacy development theory um, has has critical love and talks about that idea because critical love, and I'm going to posit it for self, really holds that I love myself enough to be honest with myself about those areas where I am weak and where I am strong enough to show myself grace in those areas where I am weak and show myself mercy you know and so if you really learn how to do that for yourself you as a human can have connection with someone else because where they're flawed you acknowledge you have flaws too and you can sometimes see connections in those flaws. They may, they may show up differently, but you can oftentimes find connection because as, as humans, there are many ways that we are flawed similarly. Yeah. And so where my weakness may be a vice that, that some may find legal, your weakness may be a vice that some may find illegal. You know, my weakness may be a vice that some would not see as being immoral, but yours might be something some would see as moral. Or, you know, so so there's all kinds of ways, but if you have critical humility, which is another com- another area in her racial literacy development theory, you know, then you realize that, you know, that could be me. And so it's important to start with the self and gain that appreciation of self because I can't really see you and understand you if i'm not understanding and seeing myself sure. because then i'm expecting things of you that i wouldn't even expect of myself i think that's a lot of what we do right now the ways that we don't show grace and mercy to each other as a as a nation
0: how do we do that with little children so as as i think about you know At Learn Without Tears, we're we're always trying to support students with readiness skills and with foundational literacy skills. How do you do that with younger children?
1: So a lot of it, especially if you think about those those ideas of um, social-emotional learning, you know, as you're gaining self-awareness, part of that is also seeing yourself in relationship to others. And so you have your social awareness, too, and that's where seeing, you know, your positionality, as well as others positionality, seeing um, how perspectives may be different. And when you're really young, part of how you're seeing it is at that singular level of, this is my family, that's your family. And so there are differences, or this is the flavor of ice cream I like, this is the flavor of ice cream you like, seeing that there's differences, but there's um, it's easy for us not to value some differences. And so, you know, you like vanilla, I like chocolate. It doesn't mean that something's wrong with you because you like vanilla and something's wrong with me because I like chocolate, like, you know, but then when we take it to those human levels, that's where, because of the smog, as Dr. Beverly Daniel Tatum talks about, that's where the the histories of our nation and the prejudices, the biases, the stereotypes we hold, all of those things start to cloud. You know the ways we value who you are and what you like or what you do or or um, you know at at um, a, a a deeply internal level, you know what you value. And so I think when we start with children, a lot of it is about, well, if you know the difference between what's fair and what's not fair, and you know what it feels like when you're in a position where something is unfair to you, then how do you think this person feels when something is unfair to them? And Mm -hmm. so if, if you can connect on those kinds of human levels, then you can develop empathy. And so then it's you know, and sometimes we do that through story, because if I know fair and unfair what it feels like when I'm treated unfairly, then I'm reading a story, and I can identify what was unfair in a story or what was unjust in the story. Now I can start to not only increase my level of empathy, but I could also think about so so what what should I do? if I'm in a situation and I see something that's unfair, you know, how should I respond? Should I be part of the group that, you know, created the unfairness? Or should I be part of the group that tries to bring fairness to the situation? So those are like really, really early ways of thinking about it, but that's how we start with young children.
0: So your book read alouds with heart literacy lessons that build community comprehension and cultural competence. Um, you know, where one what is there a book that you like that's one of your favorite read alouds that kind of encompasses one of these what we've been talking about today?
1: So I cannot tell you a favorite? I have many. (laughs) So I have many favorites. Um, If you want to talk about one that is in the books, because I can tell you one that's in the books and one that I wish had been out to be in the books. Okay. So there are a few books that aren't, yeah, so there's a few books that aren't physically in the book, but that are available online. When you purchase the book, you get access to an online platform. And so there are several books that are there that I love very much. Um, And then there's one book in the book that I will highlight only because, um, excuse me, only because um, it, it was the first book that I can recall, the first picture book that I can recall, where I saw one of my identities celebrated in a way that I wish I had seen it celebrated when I was a child. And so um, I am, you can't tell necessarily from my head and my neck, um, but I am also a fat woman, and in in in, in um, addition to being a black woman and a woman who wears glasses and all those other things, um, and so growing up, I was a chubby child, and you know that wasn't necessarily an identity that you saw in many places. And when you did see it, it wasn't an identity that was um, represented in positive ways. Right. I can think back to um, different strokes had a character on it that, um, and there was a girl who was a larger size girl who was bullying Arnold. And I can, I can think of that typically was the character type for um, if there were a fat, Um, Child, you know, it was it was something about the child being a bully or being something else that was deficit in nature, Mm. and so there's a a book um, named beautifully me that is in the K two version of the text, and and that book is um, not it's also it also happens to be about an underrepresented um, identity because she's a Bangladeshi um, little girl. So she's a Brown girl on top of that. Um, and, um, you know, it shows her story of her first day of school and, and all the messages she gets before she leaves her house. And then on the playground about, um, fat not being good and the ways that she, um, very, very, um, very skillfully because this is how we are socialized right you you see the message and then you start applying the message to yourself and trying to understand yourself through this messaging that you're getting in society and so the the author of the book shows us that in in the way that the little one navigates her day and by the end of the day she is just done she she emotionally cannot regulate herself because she is just so distraught at this messaging that she's received and what it means about her. And, um, and her parents acknowledge what they've done that day, how they've contributed and and her father in the beginning of this um, conclusion of the book helps her to understand that, you know, he was wrong and, and they come and they support her and, and the whole family is with her. And I just, that story was so, so touching and Mm -hmm. just so beautiful. And and so I was glad that that's one of the texts that we wrote lessons for and included. And then just a few months ago, I was introduced to Big. Mm -hmm. And Big is a beautiful, powerful picture book that could have been included if it existed at the time. has a young black girl who, um, and it's a single author illustrator, which is another powerful way of um, having a creator tell their story, you know, through the words and the illustrations. And she does a masterful job of using the visual imagery to actually show the transition between how that young girl feels about herself in the beginning as um, in her ballerina unit um, leotard and tights and, and all of the um, self-esteem she has. And then the messaging she begins hearing from others and how that begins to literally transform um, her attire and also the way that she looks at herself and in the way she in this story it's not an external force like the parents or whatever that help her navigate and and change but it it's more of an internal work where she actually kind of um overcomes that that negative messaging and and works to become um in love with herself again you know and so those are those are two powerful stories that I will say um are my favorites one has lessons in the book one came out after the book (laughs) so no there's no lessons for it but who knows one day we may we may share some things
0: i love that i love that now so you can imagine that there are teachers that are listening that want to get started with reading aloud with heart how can teachers get started
1: so I think one of the first things, you know, of course, I would be remiss if I didn't say get the book, um, but but we start with, with self-work, you know, the same way that we talked about the social justice standards being one of the things that we align to, and they start out with identity, same thing we say, you know, you have to start with knowing who you are. And knowing who you are deeply. And the thing is being honest about who you are. You know, we have, I was talking with someone earlier today, and I love the wording that they use. They were talking about those aspirational views of ourselves we hold mm-hmm. versus reality. And so a lot of times we talk about ourselves using those aspirations that we hold. You know, we we like to think, as doctor Dolly um, Dali-Chuk says, we like to think that we're good people. You know, and and we kind of overlook those pieces of ourselves that are esteemable and are in need of improvement, you know, to go back to some dangerous language. <laughs> but um, the truth of the matter is that we're all goodish. You know, we're all in process. We're all in progress, you know, working, hopefully, with each action to be a good person. But But we're all, you know, somewhere in relation to the mark. And so, if you think about, you know, um, an anti-racist stance, kind of thing—that idea of pushing against racism—or if you want to bring it more broadly and talk about an anti-oppressive stance, when you think about any oppression, pushing against it, you know, it is not a place that you reach; it is a stance that you hold. So, each and every action that you do is either going to be something that is either moving you toward being a force against oppression or moving you toward being a force for oppression. And so it becomes a situation where you really have to, you really have to um, have that honest honest understanding of yourself. And you do that by looking in and and being really, um, Dr. Celia Ruiz talks about the excavation of self, that idea about, really excavating yourself, digging deep into not only um, what beliefs you hold, but why do you hold those beliefs? And how have those beliefs impacted other people? How have they come out in your actions? How have they come out in your, in your ways of being? And what are those areas where you like to say, you know, you don't harbor any malice, but you do. And, you know, maybe it's not something that you are even aware of. But when you start unpacking different situations, you know, who's in your in your circle and who's not in your circle and how did they get out of your circle if they used to be in your circle? You know, all of these things, thinking about how we show up in the world,
0: Mm. who we
1: are in relationship with and who we're not in relationship with. How do we manage conflict? You know, if, I, if I'm not used to being around these types of people, then do I feel like I don't have the, the skills to um, navigate relationship with them? And if so, what does that say about me and the fact that I stay in, a, in, a, in an experience where I'm not around people who aren't like me? And so all of these things, when you think about those competencies, you know, self-awareness, social awareness, relationship skills, you know, conflict management skills, um, you know, all of these things are really, um, are really important for us to start with for ourselves because, you know, we always say you can't teach what you don't know. Right. And the problem is that is very true. But at the same time, you can teach some harmful things that you don't know about what you believe just by the ways that you treat children or the ways they see you treat each other as adults in a building. Sometimes we don't think about that, but, you know, we're constantly teaching children something. The question is, do we know what we're teaching in any given moment?
0: Wow, that's super powerful. Well, I want to thank you for being um, on the show. We have thoroughly enjoyed you being here.
1: Thank you. This has been this has been a really wonderful conversation. I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you. Thank, thank you, Cheryl. You. Thank you. Thank you.